Welcome to GuffaroCast, everyone. Frank here with Aaron Snydhor. Hello. We uh, we are back from the Elkwoods, and that's what we're talking about today. So, how yeah. was that hunt? <laughs> <laughs> it was a little yeah. rough. I haven't uh, I haven't seriously pursued elk in a long time, so it was uh, different, and also brought back a lot of memories from growing up hunting elk and i just remembered how fucking boring it is <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> no it was uh it was good it um the first season know, rifle hunt. yeah first season rifle so i didn't quite know what to expect i don't i honestly don't think i've ever hunted first season rifle for um for elk so um yeah we were kind of hoping we'd hear we'd hear some bugles i know different parts of the state the elk were bugling we were also hoping they would be feeding above timberline. That didn't pan out either. Yeah, so opening opening morning there, we uh, Aaron and uh, our buddy Dave Hoff, um, they both came to for moral support and also to help try and spot and and hopefully pack out elk. So we we uh, this is an area that you've hunted quite a bit, and me not really. I've uh, been in there with you a few times for archery and stuff, but just to to go along. But um, you kind of had a, a plan to see if we could located him up high in, in the past you and it fucking failed <laughs> yeah in the past <laughs> in the past you've had some good opportunities up high but and for whatever reason it was really windy up up top it was cold and uh we just had that snow a couple of days before season started and we we're thinking possibly possibly that had maybe pushed them down or for whatever reason they just weren't up high but the, the nice thing a good point that dave brought up was uh because it snowed we were able to to definitely make sure that the elk weren't up there we we didn't really we came across like one set of tracks so we knew that uh we knew that we weren't going to focus our our efforts up top so we decided to to check out some other areas so that's one thing that did help was the snow but it also pushed the elk down to a to a lower elevation but god man it was effing cold that first morning it was even colder than well it was probably like it was in in utah but it was not really the cold as much as the 30 mile an hour, 40 mile an hour wind gusts were, so I had snot sickles and the eyes were freezing. You don't, shut. you don't know what true pain is until your face is cold and you get slapped in the face by your load lifter strap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was not good. So, um, so yeah, so we, uh, we hunted up, up high for half the day. And nice thing about that unit is you can get around quite a bit with, uh, a few different road systems they have there. So. This was definitely not a backpack hunt. I don't know it would have been super effective to backpack hunt just because I think no. a lot of the time we the first three days we had we were we spent trying to locate the elk so you know if you're backpack hunting the season's only five days long so you could waste a lot of time if you're not in them if you're backpacking yeah if they would have been up high which is you know the few times I'd hunted it in first rifle before I didn't hunt I was helping. It was very effective. We backpack hunted, but the weather was different. It didn't, it wasn't snowing for one, or it hadn't snowed and it wasn't as cold. And the elk were up higher. There was probably obviously more food there. And, and we were able to spot them feeding and from a ways away and were very effective. In this case, it would have been worthless. Like totally, you know, I mean, you just, we went all over Hell's Half Acre and then literally, a spot beside the road was where we found the most sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, what was that? Was that the second morning? We 
we went into a spot. Maybe it was the, actually the first afternoon we went into a spot. We found some tracks. Like it looks like there's there's got to be at least a, a decent amount of elk down here. We didn't see them that evening. Next morning we went in. There were some. Uh, there was a couple hunters in a spot that you wanted to go. Yeah. So we went further on down to kind of where we were the first evening, and uh, still didn't locate anything. That was one effing cold morning though. Super cold. That was the coldest morning. Dave yeah. spotted a moose, and yeah. that was about it. So there wasn't a whole lot of stuff moving around in the mornings. Didn't seem like man. I didn't. I don't think I even saw a deer the whole time. Yeah, I mean, what was funny when I went to help you pack in is every animal on the planet was beside the road. Now, keep in mind, it was dark, um, <laughs> but I'm like, are you shitting me off the highway, off the road, like going in? And, and I saw some deer and I saw several elk. And, you know, of course, Frank shot his a good, decent ways back. Um, you know, not horribly far, but, you know, definitely not off the side of the freaking road where I'm like, huh. I wonder if Frank and I drove this 20 minutes ago when the sun was up, we would have killed one of these. But uh, it was pretty desolate. Um, and on the third, I guess I helped you Saturday and Sunday. Did I go with you Monday? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so you went. You I went uh, back and did a podcast with Levi and did some work and got my shit kind of packed for Alberta, and you were on your own. Yeah, so Monday uh, went out by myself. Um, just back to the area where we where we'd been seeing the sign, you kind of pointed me in the right direction, and I figured, well, I'll, I'll go up to these. There's a few meadows up there, and then you you kind of showed me on Onyx where there was uh, a good spot that you've had historically great luck at. So I decided to hike up there. It's probably two and a half, three hundred vertical miles. Um, <laughs> in fact, it's like climbing Everest for you know for people listening. He's Frank's underselling it. I don't know how he made it. <laughs> yeah put my crampons on hands and my feet um <laughs> so I went back there and you look like the black panther but you were the brown <laughs> panther yeah exactly <laughs> uh see so yeah, i got there got there pretty early um i want to say monday morning i didn't see anything on the way in but there was a ton of sign a lot of a lot of tracks in on this trail and really not too many people had been back there recently at least i'm not sure about bow season but there were there weren't any any human tracks or, or anything like that. Uh, so got in this meadow and sent you a picture. You're like, yeah, that's that's the meadow you want to be sitting at. There's an, uh, that big meadow, which was kind of like a half willows, kind of swampy, wallowy. And then there's some grass on the edges. And then up above, probably 150 yards, there was another meadow that was about 100 yards by 100 yards. So I sat that lower meadow for an hour, and I kept second-guessing myself, like, damn, I should probably go to this upper meadow in case something goes through it since the wind's blowing up if anything's up there it's going to get blown out by my by my scent so i went up there and sat and it was hot and sat there for a couple hours and i looked down in that lower meadow and freaking five elk are walking through like four cows and a bull <laughs> and i'm like shit so i tried to i tried to gather my gear real quick and sneak down there i got a little bit of typewriter leg in my left leg and i was trying to walk slowly through these aspens and my legs are shaking and i'm trying to walk quietly and Luckily, it was really windy, but by the time I got down there, for whatever reason, I just couldn't find them. Those willows were really tall, and they must have just came out of the timber temporarily and went right back in. So, uh, yeah, I was really kicking myself on, on Monday, just like, damn, man, I, I, I had it. that would have been a good chance if I stayed at that lower meadow, and, and I screwed it up. Um, and I thought that might be the only opportunity just because those were the first elk we had, I had seen or we had seen in the, in the whole trip. Um, 
So yeah, I was a little bit bummed out, but second day I, I talked to you on the phone on the way home and you're like, yeah, man, I think you should still go back up that meadow. There's, they're definitely going to be coming out. Um, so Tuesday morning, Monday and Tuesday were nice, by the way, weather-wise. It wasn't super cold like it was on, on Saturday and Sunday. It's so. nice in my bed. <laughs> yeah. So Tuesday morning, got out there super early. Um, actually, on the on the hike out on Monday night, on the trail there, some elk just freaking exploded out of the right on the edge of the timber. They were they were out feeding, and it was just too dark. I couldn't see what they were, but they scared the shit out of me on the, on the way back. And then Monday morning, walking in in the dark, I, I scared a few off that I could see just a couple of legs in the timber. Couldn't quite tell what they were, but I knew that I was finally in the elk and should have a good opportunity if I stayed patient. So I went back up to that meadow and sat all day long and didn't see anything. Uh, I think 10 a.m. A, a cow moose came through and I was like, well, at least I'm seeing something, I guess. And uh, usually when I hunt by myself, I try not to, I try not to nap just because I'm like, you know, you're the only person out there. If you fall asleep, you might miss something coming through. And um, it was about four o'clock and I just started dozing off and I'm, I kind of fell asleep for like 10 minutes <laughs> and I opened my eyes and that bull was standing on the edge of the edge of the meadow there at like 350 yards and it must have happened pretty quick like I, I probably shot between the time I woke up and the time I shot it must have been less than a minute I had the gun on the on the Spartan tripod um, I was using it as a bipod and uh, I just quickly ranged it with my binos it was 350 um, it the cool thing about those Zeiss binos, the rangefinder in them, it it'll tell you your your uh, your correction for your gun. So I dialed uh, dialed the correction, which I think was it was only like maybe like three three MOA or something like that. Uh, dialed and and shot. So it happened really quick. I had to shoot through these this. There just happened to be a little patch of uh, aspen, the tips of the aspens. So I shot, and the elk kind of ran into the aspen. So I'm like, Jesus, did I miss that or something? Because I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm used to animals just dropping with that 300 run. It's got some serious knockdown power. So I wasn't too sure. I got all my stuff together and waited probably 10, 15 minutes. I probably should have waited a little longer, but um, I hate waiting. So I walked over kind of close to the to where it, where it was, and I got probably about 100 yards, and it was it was just right in the edge of the aspens, and it kind of ran up and I'm like, oh my God, this thing's going to get away. I just screwed up. I should have let it, let it lay there for a while. And, uh, but it kind of ran into like this very small patch of pines in, in the aspens. And, um, I like waited for it. I could, there were some gaps in the aspens where I could shoot from. So I got my gun back on the sticks and, and waited probably another 20, 25 minutes for it to come out. And it didn't, so I, did, I either figure figure that it went straight up the hill or it was in those little little patch of pines. So I kind of started walking into the sneaking into those aspens, which wasn't very sneaky because of all the leaves. And uh, I just heard like this sound of like uh, it was basically choking on lung blood, I guess. And uh, it was it was loud. It was like clack clack clack. I was like, oh my god, what is that? It was dude. It was so loud. And. Um, I'm like, well, that's got to be the elk. I don't know what other animal would be making that sound. So I kind of snuck around, and uh, I I thought I could see an elk. In, that little patch of pines, it was super dark the way the sun was hitting it. It was just nothing but shadows. So I thought I could see an elk, and I look at my binos, and it's standing there like plain as day. I could see it in the binos. It looked like that little uh, that little elk target that you have. <laughs> yeah. There's like a Reinhardt. There's like a mini elk target. I think it's called a yard elk. I yeah. think they call it. It's supposed to give like the uh, 
What is it supposed to look like? An elk at like 60% reduction in size. Or an elk of what it looks like at 60 yards maybe or something. Yeah. It's little as shit. Well, it looked fucking tiny. <laughs> I was like, that's the elk? What the fuck did I shoot? And it was, I guess it just looked like that because it was like kind of like. Because it was a big bodied elk. Yeah, it was just kind of lengthened out and it was barely like standing. So I could just see a part of its body. So that's why I guess it looked small. It was 58 yards. That's how far it was. So I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it was doing that. And um, yeah, so I, I just, I, I had one racked and I, I shot it right behind the shoulder and dropped it there. So. And it died right then. Um, so it was cool. I'd, I was like, holy crap. I thought it got, it was, you know, there's like those ups and downs of hunting. I thought um, I thought that it might have gotten away. I might have rushed it or whatever. But it was, the first shot was a good shot. It got him in the high lung and kind of a little bit back, but high lung. And it was going to die. It was, I mean, obviously it was, it didn't run far. It only went up the hill probably 50 yards from the edge of the Aspens. And it was standing there and was able to take it out or finish it off ethically and yeah so uh i walked up and yeah it was um it was pretty good i mean it's it's good it's that's why it's explained to amy she was asking because it's been laying, laying in our front yard a couple of days and <laughs> it's not a giant bull it's not a tiny bull it's what i call it's just a bull it's a four mm -hmm. and a half year old bull which is uh in this situation i talked to three other guys hunting in there and they all had the same weren't seen much. Nah, bad yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, I told I think I told you that that night the first, that I saw the elk the first night. I was like, dude, I'll shoot whatever at this point. <laughs> I screwed up that opportunity. I'm not quite sure what that bull was, but I would have shot it. So Yeah, so I was happy with it. I um I gave you a call and kind of told you where I was and uh you got on I-70 and headed west. Yeah, I I uh I'm it was I it's funny. So I live on 285 and so i drove up and over guanella like an idiot for super fast and i hit at 70 and i was worried <laughs> about traffic and we were just getting ready to barbecue so mm -hmm. I, I think amy was happy i was getting out of her hair anyway so i was like hey honey i'm gonna go help and she's like well all right i'll have dinner ready i'm like no it's gonna be late <laughs> I was like, um yeah and then I, I actually didn't make too too bad a time um i didn't get you know caught in too much traffic and then um i kind of thought you were in one spot and, and actually i did it on my insta story and i hiked to that spot and i was like oh he's not here he's got to be in this other spot but i could see your tracks so i knew you were you know what i mean i knew i was heading in the right direction but plus it was darker than shit so i'm like well i don't even know if i'm in the spot i think i'm in at this point you know because i didn't grab a gps or i just hauled ass and then i saw your headlamp i don't know whatever a couple hundred yards off so i knew i was in the the right area and then uh yeah we we packed it out i got a bunch of messages i i don't think people realize you can you can pack out an elk in one trip when it's all downhill I mean, gosh yeah so heavy it sucked it was cool though um got a chance to use the new kafara knife so that thing performed well it's um i think it's nice to always uh, i like to either have a folder or a, a fixed blade and then always have the the taito um for the skinning and the and the big knife for the for the big cuts or for the harder cuts where you, you're gonna break a blade so God, I think the biggest question asked was what pants we were wearing. <laughs> I, I was wearing Sitka Timberlines, and you were in Fial Raven Canabs or something? Or what? I don't even know what they're called. There's so many different yeah. ones. So there you go, people. That's the pants we were wearing. <laughs> it's funny. I get these messages like, uh, 
and people mean well. They're not, I'm not saying, you know, don't send me the messages if you have questions, but they're like, Hey, uh, is Sitka, can, when is Sitka coming out with the, the Moss Timberlines again? I'm like, dude, I don't work for Sitka. Yeah. You're, an, you're anti sick for it. Actually. Um, I got the same questions and I, I called Barklow earlier to ask him. He didn't call back. We're going to be in the truck with him for eight hours driving to Alberta. So we can answer all of your Sitka related questions. I know. I got, uh, I got, we had, uh, Levi in here with, um, two of his camera guy cage and, uh, um, what was it? I think it's, I think it's, it's uh, Justin Hanna and, uh, the one dude's from Billings. And, uh, it's like, so are you sick for it? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm getting on my book Instagram page and deleting every, he's, he hashtag sick for it all the time. <laughs> I don't, I don't give a shit if people hashtag it. We just kind of make fun of it because we've got whatever that's our sense of humor. But yeah, I like the clothes. Um, I just, don't necessarily um follow along with the sick for it yeah i'm not super sick for it i like the clothes though um yeah so that pack out was fun um i so i was using that small musket this people someone asked uh to go over pack options for an elk hunt under normal circumstances i wouldn't have been using that small of bag um <laughs> the only reason why i brought it the first couple of days is because uh, you and dave were there so you know three guys on an elk would be that would be more than sufficient of a pack but um we got it all out yeah i mean I, that pack was loaded to the brim and i just had day gear which w- which ended up being like a puffy jacket um another i had the uh i had our puffy jacket i had the sick active jacket uh and then just a kill kit uh possible's pouch and then some food that's all i had in my pack and then in the lid i had my camera so that left a that left the majority of the room for the pack, and then you had the big bag. You had the new Ma Deuce bag. Yeah, and I didn't have shit in it other than a lot of elk when we came out, but I don't know that we had – well, you had the head, so you got screwed there. I can't imagine. I probably had a 100 and a bit, and then you probably had just under a 100 or just over in meat, and then had probably had 140 with the fucking because <laughs> so, Amy asked whose pack was heavier I'm like well my pack was probably heavier but he had to carry that head so he had more weight oh that sucked yeah we um we we probably could have strapped the head to the top but we were like yeah screw it you know we're, we just want to get I don't out know if that would have panned out yeah. that looked like that whatever the whip snake the whip snake yeah yeah the pack looks a little bit ridiculous the story i got a ton of comments because uh i said dude your pack looks like the tip of a dog's wiener because it was (laughs) it did too it really did (laughs) the game bag with the meat was sticking out the top and it was red (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a bit top heavy you know those videos were pretty funny of us getting the packs on. You got yours on pretty easily, and I had a little bit of a struggle. But you had a top weight. Yeah, it's a problem because Amy was asking. I'm like, when it's top heavy like that, it just flips over and crushes your head. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. So, so we tried to we tried to put the elk head on top of the pack, and I just held the antlers and trying to balance like that was, gosh, was a little bit impossible. So we got out of the aspens, got into that into the meadow there, and. It kept falling off, so I was like, screw it, I'll just carry it by hand. And yeah, I couldn't believe you made it carrying it up front like a baby. <laughs> oh, good Lord, that was my arms are still sore from that. But I kind of like had my elbows against my body, and then the antler was like right in the, the – Elbow cr- pit. Yeah, the elbow pit, and then I held the front tines, and that was kind of a, a solid way of holding it. But I Oh, what, list off your gun. God, I got a lot of qu- – I'm like, guys, I'm not a gun dude. What what, what? – So um, I bought that from Jordan Carr. He had it built by Matt Whaley. 
And it's a uh, Pierce. Who's literally the most upstanding, clean-cut citizen I have ever met. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> oh man, he's hilarious. <laughs> he's a good dude. Uh, he's got some jokes, man. He's, he'll, he's a dirty. He'll, he'll troll the shit out of you on Facebook. Oh yeah, I get all kinds of fuck. There's a. Uh, I'm in a group chat with Whaley, Jordan, and uh, their buddy Wes, and it's called Tort Life Memes, and they just fucking make <laughs> memes of me all day long. It's fucked. Um. So yeah, Whaley built that rifle. It's a Pierce Titanium Action with a Christensen barrel and brake and a Trigger Tech trigger. And I had a uh, I had a McMillan stock on there. And uh, Whaley sent me a new rail. It just that new rail so happened to be a little bit thinner in in its thickness than the previous rail. So when I screwed in screwed it in, I fucking cracked the stock at the at the forend there. The screw went in a little bit too too long. And of course, you know me, I. I heard a little bit of cracking, so I decided to fucking tighten it even even more <laughs> and break it. So basically what happened is it kind of um, caused a, a, I don't even know what you'd call it, a, a bump in the stock to where it was contacting the barrel. And um, I probably could have dremeled it down or something like that. And McMillan's going to fix it. I, I contacted him, and they said they'd fix it. I just got to pay a little bit. Um, but... Awesome thing is I uh, I got a hold of Matt over at XLR. They're out in Grand Junction. They make some awesome chassis. And I was like, dude, it's super short notice. I'm leaving in two days. Do you have a chassis to fit this Pierce Long action? And they they had a, their showroom model, which is badass looking. It's an Element 3.0. It's the aluminum version. And they had it um, Cerakoted in, in Cryptek Highlander. So it looked freaking cool. But got that installed. They overnighted it. So it was they lent it out to me. It was it was badass. It's got a folder on the back, and um, and I think it's a slightly heavier than the that McMillan stock, but I like actually the, the extra weight to it, so it even reduces the recoil more on that on that um, on that rifle. So uh, it worked I knew, out. I might have make me one. I'm not a a gun guy per se, but <laughs> we not to interrupt. But I was talking to Duplan about this yesterday because he mm. started bow hunting, and I told him I said, dude, I'm not. It's, if if we if I couldn't bow hunt for four months and I could intermix gun hunts, mm. then I would gun hunt. I'm I'm not gonna. I, and he knew that about me, but I'm I'm not gonna go in a fourth season rifle hunt and bring my bow for the greater good of archery. Like I like to eat shit, right? Like so, I, <laughs> I told him I said we might go on that elk hunt next year with Chad, and uh, it's like man, I might order that gun. That thing feels good in the hand. I mean, it's nice. Yeah, um, ergonomically, it's it's awesome. Cool thing about those uh, those those chassis, they got the folding the folding stock, so you can you can toss it on your backpack, and it's not sticking up twenty feet in the air. And the most important, it makes me feel tougher. It does make you feel have, cool. Have you seen That's that like Steven Seagal movie where they're going after Seagal and the big dude's <laughs> holding the gun? He's like, should I have it like this or like this? Because I feel tougher with it like this. There's a lot to be said about that. You have to hold it tactically. <laughs> Yeah, no, those things are those things are badass. They they do look cool and they're they're functional too. So yeah, yeah, I think you should get one. I have to get a hold of them. I know I talked to Riza yesterday about getting a a scope. Um, just the same thing you've got to put on there because I wouldn't. I don't mind dropping something every now and then with a a gun, even though I'm the trad life. Um, I'm also the um, wild game eating life. Uh, <laughs> Jesus ate a lot. So we're gonna have to go out to Washington and get some some lessons from John. I already gave him less. He kept laughing at me. <laughs> I would like to learn more about shooting in the wind. I think that's the hardest. That's got to be the hardest part of long range shooting. It's so so. It's so fun shooting with John because he's so knowledgeable and and funny at the same time. And he's not afraid to laugh at me specifically, which I like. 
So when I was shooting his course, which by the way, I would get fucked up like a football bat if I had to enter one of those competitions. He's like, all right, squeeze the trigger. Now you've seen me shoot a, a compound. I can shoot any release, any time, no problem. I look like a rookie jerking off shooting that gun. And he's like, just squeeze. And every time I did, I'd pull my finger off. And I'm mentally telling myself, dude, I just couldn't stop. And he's filming me laughing. He can't control himself laughing. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. I can't do it. <laughs> so, but he's got a hell of a range at his house. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw he did a video the other day with uh, with the tripod. He's like, this is how you deploy a tripod quickly. And he threw it on the ground and then he shot it <laughs> in the target. I was laughing. That's pretty funny. <laughs> he's funnier than shit. Dude, we wrestled in Tiburon. And I got to outweigh him by 60 pounds. Yeah, probably. Fuck, that motherfucker's been pushing a lawnmower a lot. He's got strong grip strength. Strong forearms. I wonder why. I'm glad that I actually am semi-trained or I would have got my ass whooped by a fucking (laughs) lawnmower dude. Like, he got a hold of my arm and I'm like, holy shit, this dude could crush a beer bottle. (laughs) It's like, holy shit. He's a very unassuming guy, but you don't want him shooting at you from two miles away. Yeah, Jesus. But Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to do a couple gun hunts next year. Um yeah, just and you know, I can listen to people talk shit about it. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, that's the pretty much the elk hunt in a nutshell. There, first season rifle. I guess it's a, I guess it's almost a lot like maybe like whitetail hunting. A lot of a lot of you need patience, maybe. Yeah. I mean, once you find them, I guess that you know we that that particular unit I think is different than most places that I've hunted, just because it's very thick with timber. So. You basically don't have any choice other than just maybe sit meadows or travel corridors. Otherwise, you go tromping through the through the timber. There, you're going to scare everything away. Pushing the woods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, back in the day, yeah, maybe with uh, when I used to hunt with like my when I was a kid, we would be like my dad and all of his all my uncles and stuff, and they would do these drives. You know, they'd drop somebody off of top, set some people off down low, and then they would walk the trees, and that would be a different style, but. I think it's a lot different now with hunting with less people, but it was fun nonetheless. Yeah, I've, uh, I've told a few of my friends now I can retire from elk hunting, but I was just kidding. Um, I think we're going to do some archery stuff next year for elk, so that'll be fun. I think uh, I think antelope are meant to be rifle hunted and elk are meant to be hunted in the rut with a bow. And yeah, it it is much funner in the rut. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a fact, but... Now we head to Alberta. Alberta for the land of the giants and the crimson chin, Jeff Lander. So that'll be a fun hunt. We got Barklow coming with us. Nathan French is also guiding, so it'll be a good time overall. I think Harder's going to swing by and say hello Sunday. Is he? Yeah. Nice. That'll be fun. Yeah. And then uh, and then from there I go, you're going to Texas for Whitetail, and then second week of November I'm going to go with Jordan to Idaho on a general rifle tag for deer so we got we still got some hunting to do and it'll be fun hopefully we uh fill, fill the rest of our tags and we'll have all the meat i don't uh, i'm curious i don't think i'm gonna get to shoot whatever i want this go around i think lander's really gonna lock the doors on me on this <laughs> one. i i mean i've shot good deer up there yeah but i think he's i don't i mean I'm, I'm thinking i'm not gonna be able to get out of the truck for anything under 180 so this is gonna be interesting um like he's wanting me to shoot a a giant giant deer um so we'll see it'll be it'll be interesting um it is fun up there it is truly the land of the the giants it's it's fun hunting that area you just know you're going to get a stock every day which is what's cool you know 
yeah it is good yeah so. yeah so yeah so we'll be sick for it and t-minus two days yeah, yeah it'll be fun <laughs> oh shit i talk yeah i, I uh Barklow has not had the greatest of years. Not that he's had a bunch of misses or anything. They went on a moose hunt with, I think, the Black Rifle Coffee guys or some whatever. They saw one moose. Oh, really? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't good. And I guess like elk hunting where he's at, they weren't really talking. So I think he's ready to have a to send it. good hunt. I got to say, man, Barklow can freaking shoot a bow. When we when we shot with him, uh, yeah, when shoot. was that? Two years ago, three years ago in Big Montana? Yeah, yeah, man, I think I can shoot. So I think he'll have... If he gets any opportunity, so he's gonna seal the deal. It'll be it'll be interesting. There's always a large amount of shit talking. It anytime you go to Lander's camp, it's fun. Um, and he he's um he he can what's that? way? He's like the undercover brother making funny, and you don't even know it sometimes. And then he's more blatant other times, and he's got some funny one-liners. <laughs> he keeps talking about he thinks he he said uh, that uh, gladiator Luke, uh, yeah. He it, it, he said uh, he sent me a message. He said, uh, "I'm sure you know as I do that if uh, we wanted to, we could kick Luke's ass. His throat is vulnerable." Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need just said Scooby. What's really funny is when he posts those stupid questions on my page. Yeah. Hey, Aaron, how many batteries does that take? Just shit off the wall, or what was he asking the other day? Uh, I don't know. He's always coming up with something, <laughs> and people think he's serious. I think, but they don't know that obviously he's constantly making jokes <laughs> fuck mark schwomeyer sent me a message he said uh what's the dude that said he took two ribs out the singer oh marilyn manson, marilyn manson he said i saw marilyn did that i think i'm gonna do the same thing will that change my pack fitting oh my god <laughs> we get some bad, horrible shit in messages yeah oh lord and then the other crisis moment i think rogan and cam talked about me on the, the their podcast yeah and my god i carried that freaking compound in for chad he thought the world was gonna end i mean there was so much shit flying around about me going back to a compound it's like good god guys no it was a hoy like come on now i just yeah <laughs> you put I, it like same same day just so everybody knows i'm that was my buddy's bow <laughs> and i'm not bow hunting with a compound same day oh and, yeah, not that know. I care. I mean, I don't have any issues with compounds. I think compound hunting is awesome. I did it for years. I just, I'm, I like shooting the stick bow. So the only thing I'm going to shoot other than the stick is a rifle. Um, and, and, and when I say that, meaning if I can, you know, go on a gun hunt or two, I'll, I'll go on a gun hunt. Um, I just, we have so many hunts with a bow that it's hard to fit a rifle hunt in there. But like next year, we we're talking about in October, we may go on a rifle Elk hunt, and I'm yeah. I mean, I'm gonna take a rifle. I'm not gonna take my stick bow, but um, yeah. When I can bow hunt, I'm gonna I'm gonna bow hunt with the recurve. But it opens up just a lot of seasons if you can hunt with. Well, you and Robbie talked about that quite a bit. I mean, you just hunt more sometimes. Yeah, extend extend the season. Also, it's good you can uh, take your revenge out for earlier <laughs> issues that you had. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Well, man, you got anything else? Nope, that's about it. Yeah, I just wanted to yeah thank you and and Dave for, for coming the first couple days, and thanks for helping me pack out, and uh, also thanks to XLR for sending me that chassis. It got it here ASAP, and otherwise I wouldn't be able to hunt with that gun. Definitely, so, everybody should check out their page. They make some pretty badass guns. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but um, yeah, next uh, maybe next podcast we'll be talking about deer cubs in Alberta.
Hopefully. Well, everybody, this podcast is brought to you by our fine sponsors, which is 60 Vertical Mile Days. Spam. Bologna sandwiches. Fuck that. Oh, that sounded horrible. I did have a bologna sandwich. I actually purchased one. Well, you purchased one for me at the uh, convenience store there. Some lady had a pack of bologna. I'm like, what's it going to take to get a bologna sandwich? And she's like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then they were arguing over ketchup or mayonnaise and What mayo. do you want on your bologna sandwich? I'm like, uh, mustard and mayo. And she's like, that's disgusting. I was like, ketchup on mine. I'm like, wow, <laughs> you're a sick woman. Well, there you have it for people out there. If you can't... Uh, if you don't know what you're doing, just fake it till you make it. Seems to be working for everybody else. Thanks yeah. for tuning in. Right, bye.